0: Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. You feeling alright, dog?
1: I'm feeling uh, alright. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have round three and probably an hour and 15
0: (laughs) yeah there's a stomach bug for sure going around plus you add to that you know we were actually just talking about this before we hit the record button but if you get into military service i won't use the word i used previously because you know i don't want to offend (laughs) the two marines i have on the show uh i said soldiering earlier and chuck's like hey 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 Uh, But if you get into military service, you get into police work, you get into these kinds of stressful situations, stressful jobs where you deal with man's inhumanity to man for a career. Stomach problems are just part and parcel. Like, yeah, it's just going to happen.
1: You get ulcers, high blood pressure. You get uh, indigestion, acid
0: reflux. reflux fricking and- colitis, freaking diarrhea. <laughs> Dude, I, I told you that one of true. the first indicators that I was seriously having mad stomach problems that started to lead up to my retirement was the night I was sitting in the watch commander's office, eating a chicken Caesar salad on graveyard shift at two in the morning. And I got dizzy after eating a chicken. Who the fuck gets dizzy eating a Caesar salad? Right. But oh, I went weird. to the doctor and she's like, yeah, that's a, that's a stress response. That's, that's like, it's like you are, you're pre-ulcerous yeah. like we need to we need to we need she did some tests she's like your liver functions are shitty i'm like well that's all the alcohol doc <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i'm just high functioning alcoholic yeah exactly
0: i'm not an alcoholic i'm a, a drunk
1: demon... alcoholics go to meetings <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to drown out the demon somehow right and they look at you like you're fucking crazy
0: exactly but i'm excited because mm. uh chuck got us uh not only another author but a fellow uh devil dog so chuck's very excited too so chuck
1: tell us who you've got this week all right well i have uh chris here he's an author he's a marine he's a staff sergeant of the marine corps
2: um i don't know are you current are you current chris in, in the marine corps or? nope uh medically they kicked me out medically in 2015
0: so uh, yeah we were got chatting about you... this before you jumped in actually so oh
1: i'll give you guys a quick uh rundown for the audience. Um, he has a book out right now, and I'll let him plug that later. Um, but uh, it's about his his journeys in, in the military. Um, and what's it uh, called? He well, it was
0: terror to try. No, no. Oh, I was going to ask Chris what's it called. Oh, <laughs> sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> so basically, I'll read to the audience exactly what he wrote to me because I think it's great. He's um, cool. basically taking a journey, journey through the eyes of a Marine scout sniper as he unveils the horrors of war through the mean streets of Ramadi, Iraq in 2005. We lost a couple of fellow Marines, and I'm going to leave it at that because the rest is very that captivating, and I story. believe he should he should tell it.
0: But I want to back up, Chris. Shouldn't yes. that read through the eye of a scout sniper?
2: <laughs> it it could. I mean, <laughs> admittedly, be... you spent a lot of time with one eye closed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of a lot of one eyes, but thankfully. Uh, uh, yeah, no, thankfully I could switch eyes. So that, that made yeah. it a little easier at two in the morning looking through a, a green scope. So, wow. yeah,
0: one of our friends who's been on the show a couple of times, but also um, he he he's Marine and then he was a, a or he is a Marine and then he's retired LAPD sniper. And he, he's, he calls it weaponized math. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, the fancy trig on the fly and. Like, I barely got through college algebra, but somehow I can go, oh, that guy's this tall, he's this far away, like, doing all these, like, little numbers in my head. Right. But put me in the college classroom, I'm like, uh, two plus two is... I couldn't probably
0: do that kind of math in a classroom setting, but you you give me a rifle and explain to me why I need to do it to kill someone, and I'm, oh, that makes much more sense.
1: You have to calculate windage and fucking all this other craziness, and then you have to... And the
0: rotation of the earth bro the coriolis effect that is the one that killed me when i was very young copper and i was talking to really hardcore snipers and stuff and they're talking about long shots and these really long distance shots and the coriolis and the rotate and i was like wait i'm sorry you have to take into account what now (laughs)
2: like the humidity the wind the how much the bullet's gonna like it's like i'm not a ballistic expert you know it's like
0: well you are now (laughs) yeah
2: Oh, yeah, it's so much fun.
0: So why don't you tell us uh, kind of how you ended your journey to this point so far? I I, I got a little bit of it, you know, as we were chatting before Chuck joined us. But uh, why don't you share with the audience kind of uh, your journey to the Marine Corps, through the Marine Corps, and then to where you are now?
2: Awesome, for sure. Um, First and foremost, thank you guys so much for having me on here. It's just it's kind of been unreal um, ever since the book uh, came out in October um, of last year. It's been just a blur. Um, but I started out, uh, you know, doing the first four years, uh, in beautiful, you know, Hawaii, and which obviously back then nothing was going on in the early nineties, um, right. got out, got married, uh, came to Houston, Texas, went from, uh, beautiful beaches to the waters of Galveston. And I'm like, uh, this is not a beach. I'm not going in that water. I don't want to come out <laughs> glowing. Um, <laughs> sounds and- like the LA river. Yep. I I was like, I'm going back to Hawaii where the ocean is actually, you can uh, actually go into the water and not see like dead fish floating by. But, um, Jesus, it it ended up joining, um, uh, DPS or, uh, Texas state trooper, uh, in 2003. And they put me up in a little town in Lufkin, Texas, which is northeast, tiny, tiny little town. Um, now you drive through it and it's a place that just like anywhere, there's no more small town, anything, uh, they've got like tons of street lights. There's like malls, car dealerships. I mean, things that were not there back in Oh three, um, are just packed through the whole county. Wow. Um, d- yeah. And back then it was a dry County. So as oh. you know, law enforcement goes, you know, there Jeez. was uh the perfect road that led to the, the one liquor store at that right at the County line. You're just like, okay, you're going to go there. You're going to come back. Hopefully you don't crash, but chances are I'm going to get you and whatever. Um, uh, so, so now about to a, the
0: listeners, explain, because there are probably a lot of listeners that don't understand how a dry county works. And honestly, I understand suck. it, but I've never, yes. I've never, <laughs> I've never had somebody who worked in law enforcement in a dry county. So please explain, because that, that the, the, the idea of working law enforcement in a dry county is fascinating to me.
2: And, and basically how I remember it is basically they do not, you can buy like beer and things like that at restaurants, but they do not sell any kind of liquor, beer, uh, any of that stuff right? in any of the grocery stores. So you're going to make that drive. Uh, you're either going to stock up and pre-plan and I guess do the responsible thing, or you're going to do what most people did. And I'll, uh, plead the fifth just so I don't get myself in trouble. But, uh, We'll we'll party, and then they'll jump on that road (laughs) uh, and drive the 30 minutes uh, down this dark, desolate two-lane road uh, to the county line to buy the beer, buy the liquor, buy everything else, load it back into their car, and drive back Um, as a a trooper. Now, what are the legalities of that? It's not – and that's the weird thing is it's not – like bootlegging per se, right, because you're right. taking it from one county to another. But it's also, there's still like a certain amount. You're not going to, uh like if one guy is in a truck and you pull him over and he's got like the whole bed of the truck is packed full of cases of beer. It's like, okay. Get, you so know, it's skate. the
0: difference between when you're possessing dope for personal use versus possessing dope in a quantity that could make you a distributor or a salesperson. Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: And Jesus. so... Yeah. It, it, yeah. It a, oh yeah. yeah it, it was a mess but it was leading to a lot of uh but now there's so much um, build up out there it's not uh it's not as dark and desolate things like that but the um the wrecks and things like that uh are still still huge. I mean most of them are single vehicle but there is the you know where they cross the um the yellow lines go beak to beak um you know things like that and or you get the phone calls uh, from another county saying, hey, this person's family lives in that area. You need to go um, knock on the door uh, and let the family know their loved one's not coming back. And, yeah. I, and I did really you know, tough. almost 18 years in the Marine Corps, and I think there's a lot of tough times, but that is some of the worst gut-wrenching feeling where you pull into that driveway and you're like, Oh yeah. Like you don't want to get out of the car. You know, what's yeah. going to happen. You know, it, it's just horrible. So in open- you think
0: about the people in the Marine Corps or the people, any, any military member who has to drive to the home on base to make yes. notification to the wife or the family that, that their husband is not coming home. Like not many people in the military have to do that job. Right. That's a very yeah. specific job that especially if, I mean, if you're deployed, you're not, they're not flying you home to make the notification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at right. all. So that is a very um, unique thing that law enforcement has to do on a regular basis.
2: Yeah. And yeah. It,
0: it, 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 it is really part and parcel with the job. If you work the road in any capacity, at some point you're going to have to multiple times in your career, go and inform people that the person they love is not coming home ever again.
2: Yeah, and, and the worst part is, and, and not saying one person dying on a certain day is not the you know worse than the other, but when they, it always seemed to occur right on the um, the holidays. Like oh, I just, it, it it never failed. And the one the one, not the straw that broke the camel's back per se, but you know hearing about the guys over there uh, in Iraq during the, the initial pushback. Uh, you know, you hear a bunch of buddies coming back in bags, uh, things like that, and I'm like, oh. And I and I'm very calloused, so I guess, when it comes to that. I'm just like, oh yeah, they're coming back in bags. Most people are like, man, someone's dead. Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, if you let like Hard every job. little piece bother you to that degree, I was like, you'll you, you'll die. You're not you're not going to make it two years, let alone let it, you know.
1: It, it, you let it eat you alive, and you can't yeah, you can't do that. You have, you have to compartmentalize and yeah. put up walls.
2: And, and I'll never forget it. And, and I think this was like back to back and, you know, whatever you believe in, like what we were talking about earlier time, uh, you know, religious, not religious, but it's like, okay, God, this is a test <laughs> on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving day uh, or the day before Thanksgiving, we, we get a call. We're like, Hey, you know, hit and run uh, cars upside down. You know, there's a wreck in this big intersection. We're like, okay, yeah. Right. Whatever. You know, here we go, go work another wreck who gives a sh- shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And we go up there in the cars, like um, 50% engulfed, you know, things like that. And we're like, oh, the firefighters that are putting it out and we're like, oh, man. And and sure enough, it was a, and thankfully we caught the guy and he, um, you know, was a typical, you know, third or fourth DWI. He just, you know, one of those guys who just in and out of the system got the right lawyers uh, well he ended up hitting uh, he was so intoxicated didn't even know what he was doing plowed through the intersection t-boned uh this grandmother who was on her way home from the store yeah. uh, with a bat, uh, God, back of her damn. car was packed full of groceries of course uh, for thanks for thanksgiving uh um oh. you know the car caught on fire she died um she was uh she was killed you get to the hospital um, after, you know, cause you have to take the guy cause his head split open and he's bleeding from the ear, um, probably because of the car accident, you know, there, there's not saying that he wasn't, uh, like adjusted, um, you know, make sure his seatbelt was nice and tight. Uh, after we, after we caught him, he ran through, you know, some apartments, things like that. And we're, we're on our way to, uh, the jail. And I remember he's just, you know, in and out of consciousness. So I'm keeping him awake, like, Hey, no, you need to stay awake. Uh, you know, just in case he's concussed or whatever, I don't, don't need that on top of right. everything else. And I was like, you know, you you killed a a, a a mom who was on her way home doing nothing wrong but going to the grocery store to buy a turkey for her kids. I was like, you know that, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, so I guess I'll probably be in jail for, you know, six months, huh? And I'm like, oh and, I, God. and I really wanted to pull the car over and you know, and turn the, the video footage off and things like that and, and deal with that guy. But I'm like, you know what? I was like, I, 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 you know, so thankfully I fought the urge. Um, if that was in Iraq and it was, you know, uh, someone that we POW or something like that, it'd probably be a different story. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, so we got that one done. And I, I remember going home and telling my wife, I'm like, Ugh. and she's like, do you want to do anything? I'm like, no, I just want to be left alone. And I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to do anything. And and that right. really kind of started the snowball of the isolating. The second one, literally Christmas Eve, the one we were uh, kind of talking about earlier, Tom. Uh, we get a phone call. They're like, Hey, you know, go do a death notification. Kids coming back from college, uh, driving home, dirt, uh, dark road crossed over, went beak to beak with an eighteen wheeler um, oh, after she, uh. after she finished finals. Uh, Three counties over from where she was, um, she died instantly. Thank you know, thank God. Yeah, um, lug nut rule, man. Yeah, and and (laughs) she just fell asleep. Finals, you know, wanted to get it all done before Christmas vacation. I remember we pulled into this driveway, and there was probably like the movie Home Alone where he has like all those like little things dancing in the window. I mean, just packed. Like the whole
0: family's over.
2: People were parked on the road, driveway, the yard, the windows. Like it looks like a oh, no. frat party, and we're like, like, damn, like, okay, is this the right address? You know, like, what's oh, going no. on? And it, it instantly hit us. We're like, oh my god, this is a homecoming thing, surprise party. You know, she's coming home from college. Um, it turns out it was her uh, her senior year of college, so she was basically oh. done coming home. Um, <clears throat> and you know, you, you're walking up. And and people know like cops aren't mm. on your doorstep at two in the morning, um, right? On, on a Saturday because they wanted like hey you know uh, give me some food or give me a drink you know they know. Right. Um, it's that thing if- we
0: were talking about when the when the uniforms show up and you're you're on base housing and they knock on your door in full dress uniform and your husband's deployed or your wife is deployed you know it's not good.
2: Yeah, they're, they're not there just to shoot the shit or have a party. Um, and before we could even knock, you know, the dad opens the door um, the mom looks, uh, looks at us it instantly. You could tell she knew, but it was just a matter of getting the formality of it. And I'm like, I, I kind of just took that deep breath. I was the senior guy had a, um, a brand new trooper who literally just graduated with me. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, I'll do it that way. You, you have to learn. I was like, this is going to be part of the job. And, um, as soon as I said it, the mom collapsed the, the whole family is like standing there. The, the music stops instantly and you've got oh like God. 40 eyes, like staring right at you as you're saying these words. And you're like,
0: yeah, that feels good.
2: Yeah. yeah. One of the best feelings ever, you know, and sure. you start backing away and I'm just like, here's the information where your daughter is, you know, if, if we can do anything for you, let us know, um, you know, and you just kind of, there's nothing to really to say. I mean
0: it's it the most powerless right. helpless <laughs> fucking I remember we had a kid i had i didn't have to make death notification, but he had i i i told the story a little bit, but he got hit by a police car on mm. a motorcycle on a dirt bike because he was riding at two in the morning without a headlight, and oh. the the police car was rolling code three to a fire. The kid was laying there injured just wrecked. I mean, he was destroyed physically and he's screaming for his mother. And I remember when I knocked on his dad's door at two 30 in the morning, I said, you know, this is what happened. He's, he's alive. He's going to the hospital, critical condition. You may want to let your wife know. I don't know if your wife lives here with you, but he's, he's asking for his mother and the dad looks at me and goes, his mom died two years ago. (sighs) Yeah. And (laughs) to know that this 17 year old boy was screaming for his mom, knowing that he knew that she had died two years ago. It, it, it just destroyed me.
2: Yeah, it's gut wrenching, and and there's no, um, I, and there's nothing. Someone's going to tell you like, oh, it's, you know, it's part of your, you know, you can say, oh, it's part of your job. It's part of it the, is. the thing. It gets but easier. Yeah, it no, gets easier. It time will it will pass with time. Like, you know all that stuff, and um,
0: it gets easier with
2: drinking. Yeah, <laughs> that that's for sure. And, and, which uh, is not
0: the right way. I, I'll, I'll say that, but it is, the, it is a quick fix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how my liver is like functioning now, especially after the, the, the deployments. And, you know, after that one, that one notification, I was like, you know what? I was like, pull my wife, I was like, I need to go back. I was like, I've got a lot of friends coming back in bags, a lot of stuff going on. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to go back in. Let's go. And she's like, okay you know what, but if you go back in, you know, stay till retirement, I was like, that's, that's fine. That's easy. And so I made the mistake of going to the recruiter's office. And I said, don't care the job, don't care the location. Yeah, recruiter's wet dream. He's like, oh, right, He just started <laughs> foaming at the mouth. Twenty nine pounds. Fucking recruiter come. Woody.
0: Like, yeah. Is, yeah. If there's such thing as a recruiter boner, that was it. Like,
1: yeah. do you like food? And do you like <laughs> tropical climates? I mean, in the fucking desert, because yeah. you're going to be a cook you enjoy in humidity, sunny,
2: California. Right? <laughs> That's for sure. And I said, I said, you know, I'm, I'm I I want to go back to infantry, but you know, if whatever, and he's like okay he's like we pfft, inventory that's. i can give you fun. wet hot
0: or i can give you dry hot
2: yeah and he's like and this is 0- 04, you know still a lot of the deployments a lot of stuff going on uh, um back when uh like corporal dunham they named that naval ship over uh, oh
0: yeah okay uh,
2: that was the yeah. unit that i went to uh was the unit he was part of and they're like 29 palms california and i'm like where, where's 29 palms like where oh. is that <laughs> and the recruiter's like, "You see this little dot right here on a map?" <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." and He's like, "That's yeah. where you're going." And I'm imagine like, if California had an asshole.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> and well, and no, that's
1: that's the the taint. The asshole is Camp Wilson. That's probably yes. True too. Camp yes, Wilson. That's Wilson a, is the, you're pro- that's yeah, yeah. That's fair. Qu- qu- awesome. Hut heaven fucking place. Jesus
2: Christ. We were there it is six, horrible. 7 years in that oh. place. In- <laughs> Seven? Uh, my Who wife did and you I, piss off? <laughs> I kept volunteering. Oh, like, I, I, wow. I didn't your learn first that, mistake? that valuable, do not volunteer for shit. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to volunteer. Watch this.
0: Yeah. All of our and... listeners, Matt knows. They know Matt says <laughs> Navy stands for never again volunteer yourself.
2: Yes. <laughs> and, and they should like put that next to the, right. the Marine bait. And ironically, 29 Palms was deemed uh, uninhabitable by the uninhabitable by the army. They're like, no one should live out there. Perfect for training. But the Marines are like, you know what? Let's go. We're, well,
1: we're that was the thing. There. The Marines are like, fuck you, we could do it. Yes. <laughs>
2: well, Let's you do, army do. are a bunch of pussies.
1: <laughs> they uh when I was out in 29 Palms for Camp Wilson, we did a, um <clears throat> well, how many months did we do up there? Like four or five. Um <clears throat> and they had finally put in a Carl's Jr. near the front part of the base yeah by the call. you guys said, were all excited yeah oh my god we were like this place has a fucking carl's because we were going to be stuck getting our gear in our vehicle yeah. and tracks for like the first week and then we we're going to mm-hmm. push out to wilson for the remainder and uh so we got fucked up and drunk at the uh the the nco club and then the, yeah. the, the bowling bumps. alley because and then the bowling alley because the non-ncos such as myself who were <laughs> at the time we went and drank at the um or tried to at the bowling alley, but they all knew they're like, No, you're not gonna fucking drink, but your NCOs are gonna get fucked up. And then <laughs> carried our one of our corporals back. Um, who was <laughs> got really fucked up. And uh then the next day we were able to go to the uh the pool. They yep. put this bad pool. Should in. that be in outdoor quotation by th- fingers?
2: <laughs> by the theater, and the outdoor we, one. Yeah,
1: and we got to spend like an hour at the pool and then we got to come back and go through all of our fucking gear and then Ugh. move. And, um, God, that place. And then was... we went out to the fucking Wilson, and it like I swear that place is that is hell. Like it, the, you you brought. We had cell phones, but we had like the flip phones at the time. Yeah, it would say you had cell like service. Razor? You're like, yeah, Razor, the fucking <laughs> Switch, or whatever, awesome. fucking Juke. And I was out there, and I was like, oh fuck, this place has service. Oh, fucking, can be that bad. And I'm like, oh, I got full bars. So I yeah. tried to use it. It's like, deet, deet, deet. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. They fucking yeah. put a jammer on that. Phantom shit. phantom fucking service. No, they put a jam. Dude, that- I
0: guarantee you they put a jammer on it.
1: Of, of course. I mean, oh, yeah. and there was an airfield where we uh like the pilots and shit would land, which they had it real nice. Yeah. And then uh tankers, we were right next to tankers. Cause we were tracks and tankers would fuck off all day. And, we there's a lot of shenanigans that happened there because we fucked up <laughs> a lot and then uh and then we spent a lot of time out um the best time we had was during that fx that we the couple effects that we did with live fire maneuvers and it was like a 24 48 hour period where it was just like a live simulation battle and that was pretty cool um it was hot as fuck yeah and uh you had like one mre a day and one of <laughs> our guys did stole i wouldn't say stole. he tactically acquired from the chow hall. <laughs> Fucking like four MRE cakes, like family size <laughs> cakes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, God. if
0: I let you two Marines freaking jaw jack the whole time, we'd never get to the story. So, Chris, yeah, please, yeah. is yours, man? What is your story?
2: Oh, man. You know, I, I was thinking about this uh, before coming on, and I was like, God, there, there's a few experiences uh, in Iraq, a few experiences in Afghanistan that kind of, you know, paved the way for me to be where I am, you know now uh and they they're not long stories but they're definitely in the book um because they were definitely um highlights you know as a scout sniper in ramadi uh it's just like any other city it's a hellhole buildings are on top of each other some are still there some are rubble um it it's just basically what you would think of as this city war torn city and for you know people who have um you know been to those places or even been to the the better places in the U S you know, it's law enforcement. You're like, God, this place is a shithole. This place is horrible. Um, we, uh, we were going down this, um, one of the main roads, we're about to, you know, go into this one house and it it was going to be abandoned The whole like back half of it was blown off. Um, and we're like, God, I hope it doesn't rain. Of course it's the rainy season. smells like low tide. There's trash, dead dogs, IDs everywhere like all over the streets and i'm like god i really hope it doesn't rain and for a long time i was like god i hope i don't get blown up but um you know that becomes like eh, if it happens it happens hopefully it happens quick you know that that's the only way i could really get through um you know the first month because as we were coming into the country um and they named a uh cafeteria um for this guy uh two weeks after we land we're getting ready to transition walking to the chow hall um they stopped to smoke i keep walking um you hear the um the whoosh of a rocket coming over no incoming siren like they're supposed to um you hear this big loud explosion you're like okay whatever they're shooting counter you know battery whatever doesn't matter and we we go back toward uh, where we left the other guys just to make sure oh man they should have caught up by now the rocket hit Right where those guys stopped to smoke, took out six of them like a week into the thing, uh, killed six of them uh, instantly. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, if I would have stopped to smoke and not made that decision, oh, right. I'll smoke when I come back. Fuck. I- I'm like, oh, so and all that's left. I mean, just a paint mist um, up against the Jersey barrier uh, where they were leaning up against the rocket hit right next to them. You know, they didn't. Hopefully they didn't even hear it coming. And it happened so quick. Uh but there were some guys who were really hurt and messed up, and they uh, later named the Chow Hall after this guy because he was—he was a little fat kid. They just loved to go eat. Like if he could <laughs> eat every single, like for yeah. five minutes a day, that dude was like, "Oh, let's go to the Chow Hall. Let's go to the like." So we just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we I'm, just I'm, called I'm... them a lunchbox in the. And cookie his... mo-
0: yeah, lunchbox. I was going to say Cookie Monster lunchbox. It's got to yep. be something like that.
2: And, and they put his name on a, a plaque uh, right above the uh, door leading into the Chow Hall. Uh, which we thought, oh, that's, you know, cool. But it's like, fuck, you died two weeks into this deployment. Um, you know, the, what kind of hell is this really going to be? Um, so we're going down south to this abandoned building. And there must not very religious, but a lot of people say you must have had a guardian angel on your shoulder. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. <clears throat> but they drop us off, we stack up against the gate. Um, I'm the point guy. So I'm like, just because i wanted to be really i'm like you know you guys stay here i'll go over the wall but i'm going up over the wall with like no no Kevlar, no flak jacket no anything because i'm trying to clear this building so we can come through the the so other guys can come through the gate and you know you creep up there and it's all dark it's like nightmare on elm street the house is tucked away <laughs> right. back in the trees and you're like oh shit you know like oh please please don't shoot please don't shoot but you you know i got over the wall all clear um
0: you're like, this is fucked up. Also, I have to do it.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm on the other side of the wall. Like, I'm by myself. Everyone else is on the other side of the wall. So it's going to take them a minute. And here I got the 9 mil military issue that might shoot, might not. And damn good sure, probably not going to go straight. Yeah, the, mm. the old Beretta. I um, love
0: Berettas. I still own mine.
2: <laughs> the good ones you can buy and you take care of are nice. The ones that have been dropped 50 times and kicked down the road a bunch of times are like, well... If I aim that way, it'll shoot this way, kind of thing. A little Kentucky winded. A little Kentucky wind for sure. And um, the, the the courtyard is all clear. It's it's creepy. The wind starts blowing as soon as we get there. It's calm as can be. As soon as we stop the trucks, the wind like picks up like hurricane force. You're like, okay, that's a sign. We don't need to be here. But you know what? That, that's what we get paid the big bucks for. Um, the
0: medium bucks. Come yeah. on, let's be fair.
2: We, we search the mate, the metal gate, you know, make sure it's not booby-trapped, opens up, they all come running in, and the, and the trucks drive away. Well, during that time, they've got, like, this little, we call it a mushroom on a stick thing, but it jams all the electronic devices. Like, it can't be, uh, if someone's there with a trigger, they can't blow blow a device. Right. <clears throat> and as soon as they pull away, you know, we're setting up security. Me and the other guy throw our helmet off, drop our flak. We're like, hell with this. You know what? We need to get this quiet. We need to set up all these countermeasures. We start walking back toward the gate, and, like, literally, we're probably 25 yards from the gate. Also, you see a bright flash, loud explosion, and me and him get blown back, uh, probably did the 25 yards back up into the building. And we're like, oh, rocks and shit are coming down on top of us. We're like, oh, you know, shaking it off, uh, trying to clear the cobwebs, and we're like, what the fuck? And later found out where we were all stacked up. There was a um, a anti uh, tank mine buried in the dirt oh,
1: where we fuck.
2: and the only reason it didn't go off is because those vehicles were there jamming the signal. So as soon as they pulled away, boom, it, it went off. And it, I'm just like,
0: yeah. And oh. tanks are a lot bigger and hardier than people. Yeah. just for the record. Oh,
2: it, it would have been a pig mist. Like we would have right. got spray painted all over the walls. Like you'd have been, been nothing.
1: nothing. Were Were nothing. you in the uh, non up armored Humvee? Is just the regular.
2: Uh, we had the up armor um, okay. and, and that's how we like would insert and extract and we were, you know, riding in this Humvee, hum no, nothing over the top of us. We're like, well, you know what? Like, oh, hopefully this works out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crush your fingers, bitches. <laughs> and, and what I didn't know is the guy who I got blown back into, he went inside to talk to the other team and I waited outside in case someone tried to jump the wall or whatever. He came back about 10 minutes later and he's told me, he's like, you looked at me, you're glossy eyed, like there's nothing going on. And I'm like, did you hear those guys talking in that big explosion? And he's like, uh, 10 minutes ago. I was like, no, no. Like literally like 30 seconds ago. I just heard him talking. He's like, Oh, medevac, you know, like coming, right. come, and, come and get this dude. Like he's not, uh, he's not fucked up. I mean, he's not like bleeding or anything, but he needs to get back on base and so we go back to base and the corpsman's like, oh, you know, we heard what happened. You know, what's going on? Oh, I feel great. You know, just like what we talked about. No one wants to be pulled off the mission. Right. I said, I feel great. And I was like, I got a small little headache, but, you know, give me some Motrin, you know, 800 milligram Skittles. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, right. And, and I'll be good. And the doc's looking at the other guys and they're like shaking their head. No, I was like, just give me the 800 milligram Motrin. Let me, let me uh, get some rest. I'm just tired. Because, you know, feeling nauseous. No doubt had a concussion. No doubt in my mind. Right. And Part like, of me
0: thinks the military thinks that Motrin can cure cancer if you just yes. believe hard enough.
2: Motrin yeah, and ooh, change you your have socks. Just to, you to drink
1: water. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's, a couple of Motrin and two full eight-ounce glasses of water will yep. cure cancer, AIDS. Drink uh, water,
2: change your socks, uh, take the Motrin. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <And> COVID. <laughs> <coughs> so I ended up taking the Motrin, laying down. Uh, tried to eat something, made me sick. So I was like, oh, I'm just tired. You know, it's whatever date, you know, no big deal. And sure enough, the next day, like mission, I'm like, all right, cool. Still kind of like wobbly, still like equilibrium is all jacked up, but I'm like, ah, it's November. It's cold. It's rainy. Maybe it's just a touch of the flu. Who gives you shit? Well, right back out, we go to this, um, we're going to the white school and it's a big school. Uh, that got converted to like apartments. It's about seven stories. And it's down at the very end of a long road. There's nothing to your left and right, really. It's just this big ass building down there. And at the time, um, the chestians were really big. The Chesitian snipers were coming in like contract killers. They were coming into Ramadi um, and just shooting and killing whoever, you know, they were supposed to kill. Right. Um, and you knew that they were there because they would be walking down the street during the day in a black uh, adidas tracksuit with tennis shoes and you're like okay this <laughs> like everyone else is wearing the traditional garb and this guy's in a adidas tracksuit you're like hmm, <laughs> like i wonder what he's doing and- you know
0: i i just think of the meme that says we could stop this war in russia with one sanction and that's if adidas was sanctioned against shipping tracksuits to russia yeah
2: <laughs> because everyone and it sure shit he's walking down but he never had a weapon so you can never prove right like that's who it was no they're and, smart as fuck
0: like that yeah like and, and i'm wearing really, tracksuit really bro, I, bro i I am fine i just drive bmw it's okay
2: and they have the dragon sniper rifle i mean they're legit with it like they're yeah. we we mm-hmm. did a few counter sniper uh missions like trying to fight him and we went cat and mouse round and round with him for about three weeks um and he never got us and we never got him um but as soon as I, we took that right because i was the point guy as soon as we made the right toward the school and i'm like okay All of a sudden you hear, uh, and this sounds still, I still don't like to hear this sound unless I'm looking at someone doing it. The racking of a bolt action rifle. You just hear it loud as echoing through the building. And I'm like, like frozen. And the guy behind me is like, like, we call it melt. where you like slowly just try and like blend in and, and get as low as you can. But I'm like frozen. And I'm like, okay, you know, like no big deal. We start, um, you don't, don't hear anything. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, my wife had just sent me a a laptop so we could keep our notes instead of handwriting all that the sniper like Intel reports that we had to do. So we would just type it on the laptop and you know take it back to Intel guys and be like, here you go. Well, I had the laptop, and right behind the laptop was my uh my camelback. Took a few steps, boom, heard the recoil. All of a sudden, nothing down the back, just gushing. Not knowing I'm like, Oh, I was like, I just got shot feeling all that liquid and all that stuff going down my back and my legs. And I'm like, Oh, so I, I fall over cause it knocks me down thinking I'm, I'm bleeding and the guys, you know, pull me back and the bullet went through punctured the, uh, punctured through the camelback and wedged halfway into the laptop. And okay. without that laptop, like that's what wow. stopped the bullet and all that, that liquid was just the water that rushed down the back of my leg thinking it was it was blood and i'm like oh
0: dude your wife saved your life
2: yeah in, in on a your few wife
0: saved your life like like no shit legit your wife saved your life
2: sending that like laptop and we got it you know back mm-hmm. in oh five so you could get them for you know really cheap off you know craigslist and things like that it was just one of those little shitty shitty things and i'm like wow and it literally craigslist saves and- lives people and stopped it barely, um, in the laptop. I mean, just, it was just that close. Yeah. We had the sappies and all that other stuff, but it it was just, that was, that was creepy. Um, and the, God, I don't know the, how do you wrap your head around that?
0: Like, I'm I'm honest, like I'm asking for the audience because let's face it, the the three of us have been in situations where we've had to try and wrap our head around. I should have fucking died. Yeah, like i should be dead what's that samuel L. jackson and pulp fiction we should be dead like, <laughs> yes. that was an act we should be de- those bullets passed through us john and i have talked about this it's it's been a theme on this show and i don't know what what our listeners i don't know what our guests i don't ask anybody who comes on the show about their religious beliefs. i'll just tell you i believe in god i believe in divine intervention i've seen it firsthand yeah. There are times where you can do nothing but process the fact that you should be dead and you are not.
2: For sure. And and that was definitely one of those times. And I'm just like, wow, how is this? Like, I mean, how does this laptop, a piece of crap, little thin thing, stop that that close to being like game over? I mean, who knows?
1: the 762 you
2: know yeah the dragon that's off yeah.
1: round. a nasty round it, it's not <laughs> even
2: like it was 762
0: by, by 59 like the bigger one it's the bigger one yeah. right
2: yeah it's the big dragon off round uh that they shoot um two through that thing and i'm just like whew. and if and of course you know oh you're not hurt you're out of water but you know we we've got a bunch of other water so we're good let's keep going and you 7, go 6, 2 by the- or seven six
0: two by 51 or 762 by 54 R. so that's a big fucker like, that's, that's big bigger point. than a 308.
2: Yeah. That, that's probably going to go through without something slowing it down. That's probably going right. all the way through. No, oh,
0: like, oh, yeah. You, the person next to you, maybe the person next to him.
1: Yeah. Not if you have a camel back and with full of water plus. Not if your wife sent you a back. laptop. laptop.
2: <laughs> that's your yeah, wife good. sent
0: you like a, a laptop plus three, like a plus three laptop with the armor <laughs> of love, you know, yeah. like fucking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like, she getting yeah, blessed by a priest and shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: For sure. And it's just, it's, uh, it's so crazy. And, you know, you, you go through events like that and, you know, you go through those close calls and you're just like, wow, like, yeah, I mean, concussions, IDs, whatever. But you're like, man, what is going on? You know, and, and what kills me is, um, and, and I was, uh, telling Tom Chuck about, uh, just listening to the major, um, uh, uh that you guys had on part two or whatever literally i just listened to that last night and i was like oh okay perfect you know right where he's talking about in Sangin, like yeah. been there 500 right. times at least right in seven months uh but it, it's not so and, and this will sound weird to some but i would rather something i can justify something happening to me another you know service member left or right whatever like in a combat zone like there's so many variables, something is going to happen. It's just, there's, there's no way around it, but when it happens to the, uh, the little kids that are there, that, that's what just, that I think pushes me over the edge Mm -hmm. more than um, anything else. And I'll never forget uh, this little girl uh, is where is this going to sound? I'll never forget this little girl the rest of my life. And we were in her house, uh, Her dad was super smart, super polite. Um, He loved us because, you know, we would go in, we wouldn't destroy his house. Uh, We would take all our crap with us and we, we wouldn't mess with him. We'd let him do their thing. Uh, He had two wives, bunch of girls, bunch of girls, guys over there are pimps. They've got wives and kids and like all that (laughs) stuff.
0: (laughs) They don't value women the way that Westerners Mm -hmm. value women period or children.
2: Yeah, not at all. And he had this little girl. She was probably seven. We'll say seven. Um, and one night, I'm on the guard post. I've got the saw, the claymore clackers that we put on the doors in case someone tries to bust in. We're gonna blow some claymores. Um, and, and that was part of our our defense. Throw it in the wire. Just stop <laughs> out. And, and uh, hopefully, we'd never have to detonate one of those inside a house because, like, oh god, hearing be damned, like game say over. Goodbye to your yeah yeah um
0: but the over pressure
2: there was a noise behind me and i'm like like man did someone sneak in so i spin around with the the, the nine mill and point and there's this little girl holding this raggedy blanket this stuffed animal mm-hmm. that looked like it'd been through like more torture, than not you better have. days yeah like this yeah. bear is beat to shit And I'm like, oh, you know, put it down. I'm like,
0: yeah, she had Winnie the fuck, not Winnie the (laughs) Pooh.
2: And I'm pointing. I'm like, go back in there. And, you know, they brought us this big chunk, like king chairs that we could sit in. So we're not sitting on the floor. And I'm standing there. And she all of a sudden, like, climbs up into the chair, lays down, covers herself up with a blanket, goes to sleep. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I guess I'm not sitting down. That's fine. No big deal. Well, the morning comes um you know she goes back in with her family we we stay there another day um and we we leave and we're going to use the house about six weeks later we go back and we're all like man this is going to be cool this house is awesome these people are great you know they let us um you know they, they try and feed us if we want to eat but you know a lot of times i'm like no 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 you know you guys have enough for you guys don't worry about us we'll take right. care of ourselves right. Uh, we go into the house, and the, the here comes the dad. He's limping, and we're like, "Man, maybe," but who knows? I mean, who knows what could have happened? Could have gotten a car wreck, like wrecked his donkey, right. whatever. And he, <laughs> uh, like, just super somber. You know, like he just went, just came back from a funeral, and we're like, "Where's the rest of your family?" And he's, and he just kind of looks at the ground. We're like, "Oh no, hell no!" Ugh, right. And. Um, I was like, "Well, get who you can uh, into the room," and he does, and we're like, "We're like, where's where's the little girl?" Dude just starts bawling, and we're like, "Man, did, did something like happen?" You know, trying to justify, um, you know, man, what could have happened? You know, and we're like, "What happened? What what's going on?" It, two days after we left, the Taliban showed up because they found out he let us use his house, which he didn't have a choice when I mean, we we're going to use his house anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: Can we use your house? Uh, yeah. We're using your house.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're using your house anyway. And so sure enough, he um, they showed up, um, uh, broke the guy's knee, essentially beat him, beat the guy, uh, Jesus. shot one oh. of his wives and took oh. that little girl out into the street and executed her oh uh, because they let us use their house. For us, Instantly, we're like, oh, my God, this is our fault. We're, we're, we're going to leave the house tonight. We're going to call in saying we're uh, compromised. We need to go somewhere else. We go back, and we're all just like, what the fuck? But even to this day, you know, me and some of the guys who are there, we'll, she'll get brought up and be like, man, you remember when this happened? And I'm like, yeah. You know, when you first come back, I, all I could do, drink, sleep, work, drink, sleep, work, Right, like there was no socializing. There was no oh, let's go out no, to the yeah, restaurants yeah. You don't,
0: you don't socialize that.
2: No, and, that's not
0: something you socialize.
2: And even talking no. to people, you know, they're like, they don't even know what to say. They read the book and they're like, uh, and they're like, we have questions, you know, for you about certain stuff. I was like, don't ask about but, this. And right. Don't ask about that. It's in the book. Read it. You know, it, it details it out. But I was like, that's one of those topics that's just like, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, if, talk- I, if if
0: I might, I would like to maybe address it for you because I'll say the quiet part out loud. Um, I, I'm, I'm retired and I've, I've already been a victim of cancer culture. I don't give a shit. I'm here to speak about the reality of it. And the reality of it is if you go back to Vietnam and some of the atrocities committed in Vietnam, you go back to World War II, some of the atrocities committed in World War II, you go back to any war. And you are going to find atrocities committed, right? That's just the way war works. However, there are some quote unquote atrocities that were committed in the name of the right thing to do. And I'll say this, for guys like me, and I won't speak for Chris and Chuck, they can speak for themselves. But for guys like me, if that had happened to me, And I were in that situation. I can tell you right now, my gut instinct would say, we are going to go and find those motherfuckers and we're going to fill them so fucking full of lead. They can use their dick for a pencil. And if we happen to be able to torture them before they expire, so much the better. And the actual torture, the, 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 the bringing demons home, the 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 kind of nightmarish aspect of it comes from the feeling of not being able to go and punish the evil doers. Because in war, there's two kinds of soldiers: there's the soldiers that have a code and the soldiers that don't. Just like there is on the streets with cops and gangbangers. The old school gangbangers they knew if you weren't in the game. You are untouchable, right? You don't go after women. You can go after children. You don't go after families. It's cops and gangbangers, and they fight because the cops are in the game. The gangbangers are in the game. The drug dealers are in the game. People in the game are fair for their fucking taking. But anybody outside of that, you don't touch. That was the honor. That was the code. That was how warfare used to work. When soldiers met on a battlefield, Stood in the middle, shook hands, went back to their neutral corners, and then charged each other and tried to kill as many of the other people before they got killed. That's how it worked. So when you have evil, and I mean fucking evil motherfuckers like this asshole, who comes in and kills a guy's wife and seven-year-old daughter for giving soldiers refuge, that is not warfare. That is fucking evil. And the frustration and angst and not in your stomach that is created by not being able to say, "Uh -uh uh-uh, motherfucker, you deal with me. You be a man and you face me because guess what? I will hit back. But we can't do that as much anymore. We can't do that. We can't execute vengeance, which is in our current parlance is what we would call that. I call it justice. I call it no, no, no they killed a fucking 7-year-old girl. They don't deserve to exist anymore. And I don't give a shit what it takes or how many lives we lose. They're fucking dying. Period. Now,
2: that's me. <laughs> yeah. No, and I 100% agree and we were just so um like all of us even to this day we're just like man, like we, because like you said there was no uh um retribution. Yeah, there's no retribution whatsoever which led to not well one of so my- let me ask you
0: this let me ask you this then real quick do you think that had your squad been able to legally morally f- rules of war engagement if you had just mounted up and hunted these bastards down and killed them and then gone back to your base would you do you think you'd sleep a little easier today
2: oh i'm i'm sure but, and then like you said a perfect example is like you they all dress the same they all look the same so the same problem like uh vietnam guys had i mean you go into a, a town and you're like uh, you look shady but you could just be a farmer oh it turns out that you're like the leader of the the whole group right. you know what i mean and it's just like uh, and it's so hard because then every day you hear about you know a guy getting id getting blown up uh you know someone getting hurt someone getting sent home early uh just for whatever reason and you're like, oh, and it just, it builds. And so we get back in 06 and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do good. Back to 29 Palm. woohoo! No real big transition, desert to desert. We're good. This will be easy. Well, about six months of not sleeping, drinking every single day, um, like never going out, never doing anything. I'm like, you know what? I need to go back to, um, I need to go back to Iraq and uh seek vengeance or yeah uh you know that kind of thing and i told my wife i was like i've got i've got
0: unfinished business
2: and and you and the day comes to redeploy and i'm sitting there and i'm like man like why am i gonna be happier over there but but it's weird you get off the plane and you're like like this is where i'm supposed to be and it's just it's the weirdest feeling that like i've tried to describe to people i'm like you just feel like you're you're home and like, yeah, but you're getting shot at, like bombed, ied I was like, yeah, yeah but, it's, but it's easy. Like life is easy over there. You, it's either going to happen right. or it's not. You, you're going to get up, do the same routine over and over and over again for seven months to a year. It, and it's easy. Like it, it, that's easier than being home, trying to sleep, trying to function as a normal citizen, if you will. Right. Uh, in, in life, it, it's easier. Because get- you know what's happening
0: and you're not there. And not being there feels like a betrayal.
2: Yeah, like you—you you should be there with—with with the guys. You may have never served with them up to this point, but it's like, oh, you know what? These guys are young. Uh, this is their first appointment. Let's go that route.
1: Right. I think it, is, it has a, something to do with uh, you feel more in control over there because yeah. you have you—you you feel like you control the outcome better. But when you're back home and you're closed off with your phone thoughts, you don't have you lose all sense of control because right. you're kind of like in the, the passenger seat to everything you're at other people going on.
0: Yeah. You're at other you people's I mean? beck and call. You're at there. I'll say this, <clears throat> and, and I'll, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but I'm changing careers right now because after 10 years post-retirement of trying to make it in a normal civilian world, I've discovered I can't like, I'm not built for it. I'm, I'm just not, I, I can't, I can't say the things that are supposed to be said, act the way things are supposed to be acted out. If you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the God's honest truth. And if that upsets you, that's too fucking bad. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I were, that's, that's, I think a huge part of military law enforcement, firefighters, people in public safety, trying to transition into the civilian environment is we were, we were forged in a fire of, tell the truth or die. And now it's backstabbing duplicitousness. Like, you know, you're like, whoa, motherfucker, what is happening? And so it's more comfortable being back with the people that tell, Hey, I may get shot, but at least these motherfuckers are telling the truth. Yeah. At least I know who my enemy is. And I know who my ally is. When I come home, I could be at a party talking to somebody and they're fucking smiling to my face and thanking me for my service. And then when they fucking turn around, they're like, "Fucking a baby killer.
2: Yeah. And, you know, i
1: will go for it.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say, and, and the funny thing you say that is, you know, and people don't understand this, but um, you know, cause I, everyone's like, thank you for your service," Thank you for the, And I'm like, I was like, in my mind back then it was, don't thank me doing this, whether you're thankful or not thankful, like that that's between you and whoever. But to me, you go by, oh, thank you for your service. You're telling me, thank you for you going over there, dealing with that. So we don't have to, and my kid doesn't have to. But then as I, as I progress through the time and getting up to the point of writing the book, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that was the point. So they don't have to experience yeah. what I've experienced. Right. That they, they don't have to see what I've seen so they can live a, you know, happier, healthier life. They don't have, like, I mean, no one wants to, you know, see that stuff. No one wants to yeah. see a guy blown up. No one wants to see, you know, kids killed. No one wants to see any of that stuff. But, you know, initially, I'm like, man, especially in uh, oh we'd go up to um, 29 Palms. We'd hit the beach, go to uh, Malibu, Long Beach, and they had all those crosses on the beach. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, like all that yeah. stuff was mm-hmm. happening in like uh oh five oh six oh seven, and I would see that, and they're like coming up to me, not knowing who I am, but they're like, oh, sign the petition to end this, and they got all these crosses, and I'm like, j- just fuming. My wife's like, oh god, he's going to jail, he's going to jail, mm, he's going to jail, mm. and, and I'm <laughs> and I would just turn it and like walk away, and I'm like, you know what, you ha- yeah, you have the right, but don't use it as a um as a thing that just kills me. Like don't right. use you're like, oh, I'm going to protest this because I have don't, no idea. Don't what protest it is. on my behalf. Yep.
0: Don't protest on any of those dead soldiers behalves because guess what? They fucking signed. They knew what they were going. You you dishonor their memory by trying to say that their sacrifice was in vain and this war was
2: bullshit. No, fuck you. You don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I can't, and that's the one part of it that I just could not stand. Um, but but thankfully, you know. And then each deployment, I would come back, be like, uh, my wife would call it, uh, uh, like Sybil, like all those different. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> she's yeah. Like, man, you are Sybil. That's an old ass deploy, reference right there. Yeah. Every time you deploy, come back, it's a new, it's a new you. And Y'all look up like, Sybil,
0: the movie or the book. It's fucked up. It's a woman with seventeen personalities.
2: Yeah, and, and a lot of guys come back and they, they're like, one day they're happy, one hour they're happy, next they're sad next they're pissed off and they want to destroy shit next they're It's just, it's such a crazy, um, uh, crazy cycle of events for sure. And it's just. Um,
0: I've been fully but- retired for eight years and my wife is still dealing with, and now better. So because I'm able to articulate and, and she's able to understand, but yes, I still have those. I still have those violent mood swings between apathy and rage And, 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 and she has, she listens to a lot of stuff and a lot of YouTube and a lot of political and crime. And, and I'm, she'll tell me about this and I'll just go, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. I'm not shocked. What the, what the fuck do you want me to say? Yeah. And then she's like, well, I, I'm like, okay, that's great. I appreciate the fact that you understand now, but can we please
2: stop talking about it? Because I'm about to hulk out. (laughs) Like, Like, I don't need to rehash it. Like, mm -hmm. you don't need to keep rehashing it. You know, you don't need to think about what I went through. And I damn right. sure don't need to think about what I went through. It, yeah. And it, it, It's just like, and it's crazy though. Uh, but we
0: do, we do. We honestly do. And, and the wives that like, don't be, a, don't be a fucking jackass. You have a wife for a reason. you got to indoctrinate her. You got to talk to her. Don't do it. Don't dump on her. Don't fucking yeah. drop it all at once. It's not a fucking carpet bombing. Right. But <laughs> the, like, it's like poison. You have to ingest enough poison to make you sick, but not enough to kill you over a long period of time. And that's what we did as cops, as soldiers. We ingested a little bit of poison. Service members? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's airmen, semen. It's not (laughs) enough to kill you. It's just enough to make you sick. But here's the thing. We have been inoculated. We have those immunities to the poison so if you try and give your loved ones a dose of that poison that you're capable of you'll kill them yeah that's it so there is a fine art of if you want to share you should you can and sometimes that's why shrinks are the best because shrinks are like immune to all poisons because they just don't ingest it they listen to it without actually taking it in However, family members, loved ones, they do take it in. Friends, family, the people that care about you. The fact that they care about you means they do take it in. So be careful how much poison you feed them. Don't say, I can't give you poison. I can't give you poison. I can't give you poison. Now here's a keg of poison. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Anyway.
1: I mean, Chris, I I totally know where you're coming from. And I know a lot of our listeners and the audiences. Um, and if feeling, those feelings are going to understand where you come from, where it's easier oh, to sure. be at work w- and you know, than it is to be at home. Cause it's, you're not thinking, you don't have to think about anything other than the task at hand and every, you have more control over everything and totally get the whole spectrum of moods and, and things like that. I mean, we've lost friends over it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because they just don't understand what it's like to be in one law enforcement or two in the military, um, and they just don't understand when you talk about certain things or they ask your opinion and you give a straight, blunt answer. And they're just like they get upset about it because you gave the years of experience of dealing with assholes and shitheads and people who are pieces of shit. And they're like, well, that was that was mean. You're like, you have no idea. Fuck you. That was <laughs> not mean. You don't, you don't understand. You want mean? I'll
0: fucking give and, you mean. Right. That's And that's and, not a healthy
1: attitude, but that's how we no. feel. But I, yeah. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think, I think it's going to resonate really well with a lot of the listeners out there.
0: So tell us about your book, because as we're closing it, we're running a little bit short on time and I want to make sure okay. you get enough time. So tell us about the book.
2: Okay. And if I can also, uh, you can do whatever you a, like, man. <laughs> there's a really good, um, good friend of mine. He is a, uh, he was a Navy corpsman in the initial pushes of Fallujah. Oh, who, God. Uh, his name is uh Cannon book. He lives up here in Austin, Texas. And he's got uh his own original music he's uh he was part of the band vetted um and now he's starting up his own band and I told him that if you know if you guys were cool with it that i would uh definitely if anyone you know wants to support his music every dime that he makes on his music goes to suicide awareness p t s d foundation He doesn't keep any of it it all just goes to uh those different foundations to help uh you know I'll soldier go to you one sick. better
0: chris. If you call him and you get his permission and you send me the song, email me the song, show me where I can download it, I will close this
1: episode with one of his songs. Well, is one of his songs karma or time away?
2: It's not. uh, Shannon Book, one of them, and it's really kind of a – one of his rock songs that I really like, uh, especially to work out to, is uh, No Man uh, Man Gets Left Behind uh, by Shannon Book. And then the other one is, uh, and, and he 100% would allow anybody to, like, play his music to get his name out oh, there. Oh, shit. He's right but here. It's, awesome. Yeah, it so, is called so, yeah. Not Alone. Um, Not Alone. We'll li- end the listen, show with it. If you listen to that song, it, it's kind of like, a, you're going to be like, oh. And anyone who's been through, like, anything, is, it's, it's going to be like, oh, shit. You know, it, it's one of those, like, songs you're like but like great music. So, uh, anyone out there that's listening to this, uh, go check it out. Um, all proceeds go to, uh, the different foundations and things like that. So, uh, but the book, um, you know, got out of the military, all these concussions, TBIs, uh, it, it freaked me out cause I was trying to lose certain memories, which maybe that's a good thing, but a lot of the, the events and details, that I could remember like, oh, this leaf was blowing cocaine down the road, you know, that kind of like creepy detail that I put into the book, I was starting to forget. So I'm like, oh, you know what, I need to write this down. And so I started banging out this book. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, and and uh, like Chuck said, it's called Terror to Triumph. Uh, it's basically a book that outlines time as a cop, the different deployments, coming back, you know, dealing with, uh just drinking all the time, the PTSD, oh, yeah. uh, you know, going on recruiting duty, trying to, um, you know, balance, you know, the drinking with trying to be a recruiter uh, and then, you know, going through some of the surgeries, you know, as you stop doing stuff, your body's like, ha ha, you know what? You, you beat me up like a damn merry-go-round now I'm going to, I'm just done. So, you know, the back surgeries, the, uh, uh, the sinus surgeries, things like that, you know, a few the surgeries put me in like a serotonin where I woke up in ICU in a bag of ice because of like they're about to check me for brain activity because my body's just like nope, fuck you I'm done like I don't want to play this game anymore so uh it finally got out and so I sat down wrote the book um and weirdly it's been out since October uh they've done a press release and as of uh when was it end of maybe the end of December. So about a month and a half after it was launched, I know there's about 300 and something bucks sold, which no one really knew about it besides just the general social media. Um, but my, the weird thing about it is even though they're with you or not with you, but they're, they're family friends, things like that. You know, my family's read the book and they're like, Oh my God, I had no idea yeah. what you were going through. Like yeah. I was, and they actually have apologized to me and my wife. They're like, "We had no idea what you guys were dealing with. We were so caught up in our own shit yeah, that right. we didn't even stop to think like what was going on." Because we just saw you like, "Oh yeah, let's come to a uh, my brother got married, showed up, let's let's drink kegs, woohoo, you know, party, did it." And really, that was right after that Ramadi deployment. And I was like, "Oh, like I do not need to be here. I don't want to be around ten people, let alone." you know, family. So they're reading this and they're like, oh, my God. And other friends of mine who deployed with me um, have bought the book like, oh, this looks like a good book. You know, reading the back of the book about, uh, you you know, the different things and transitioning from PTSD, lowest point of the life. uh, You know, wife uh, uh, attempted suicide. Thankfully, she didn't. uh, She was able to wake up, uh, you know, my my own stuff. Um, and then, you know, getting out medical doctors are like, yeah, TBIs, your brain's all fucked up. You're never going to, you're not going to have a, uh, a sustained marriage. Don't worry about ever doing college or getting an education. Cause it's not going to happen. And just, if you're going to be functioning like citizen, that would be amazing. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Watch this. Ended up you're getting right. my, uh, master's degree with a 3.9 GPA, ended up getting a B. Um, so I ended up surpassing that, uh, wrote wow. this book, um, uh, in a full career, wife and I've been together 20, uh, 22 years now. So like all the doctors are like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. My thought is, you know what? Read the book. Yes, you can. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, and, and that was the whole point of the book. And some guys have bought the book and have told me, man, I bought this book to see if, um, you know, to unload some of my own stuff. Cause you you're talking about the deployments I did and like, shit, like they didn't put the connection. They're like, Oh my God, you wrote a book. And so now they're, they're actually getting better. And I've had a few guys read the book and be like, you know what? And, you know, maybe a month late month after the fact, they've told me they're like, yeah, we're, we're at the, the VA getting, you know, some marriage help. We're trying to save the marriage, trying to save this. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't care if I sell one book or 10 books. Like, if, if it helps somebody else live a better, more fulfilled life, perfect mission accomplished.
1: Right,
2: right. And we're, we're, we're so tell, us the, yeah, tell
0: us the, yeah, tell us name of the book. And, uh, and we've got a special cool surprise for our listeners, but go ahead. How, how, how can people get um, the
2: book? The book is available on, um, which this blows my mind, but it's on uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart.com. Um, and then the big uh, the big one where I'm guessing you're going with a discount code, uh reader readerhouse.com is the name of the um the main website that and I was what's the book to- called Terror to Triumph.
0: Terror to Triumph, okay. Uh-huh.
2: And it's um and if they go on readerhouse.com <clears throat> and they enter the code uh F F save the number 10. It will give a discount, uh, discount off the uh, total price of the book. So, so anyone wants to go out there and purchase it, uh, enter that code in checkout, and it will save you a couple bucks. Ten percent on the book, okay? Ten percent on. I'm the looking book. forward
0: to reading it. I honestly
2: And it's on uh, Kindle as well. And I'm in the process. I'm about halfway done with doing the uh, the audiobook version too. So that's going to be oh, yes. out as well.
1: Is it your voice? Are you
2: reading it? no I, I I want I was going to but I was like ah, you know what I don't want to um but the person well, that I found to do it is really
0: okay I was gonna say if you haven't hired anybody I will volunteer to do it for free in
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and thankfully once it once it's done and it's launched they're gonna put it on uh audible uh what I guess which is nice. the main audiobook website yeah yeah uh, and so um and, and yeah, and, and that's what's so great about this. You know, I, I love your guys' show. I've listened to a bunch of them. Um, and to be able to come on and, and just put it out there and, you know, bullshit with you guys uh, for an hour or two. It's just been great. Yeah, no, man, you we guys appreciate enough. it.
0: We appreciate it. And we always let our guests dedicate their episode to a fallen brother or sister, officer, mm-hmm. firefighter, or veteran. So we want to give you this opportunity, Chris, to to dedicate your episode to whomever you'd like. So.
2: Okay. Um, talk to you and this one <clears throat> and this one uh we're still really good friends with his widow uh, a guy named Trevor Cook he uh he was a helicopter crew chief and when we returned from the deployment in 2010 they sent me on recruiting duty and within 3 months we get a phone call wise in hysterics they're out doing a training thing going to land up on a you know a helicopter pad overlooking the Pacific Ocean I five you know right through Camp Pendleton Um, it dynamic rollover spun the the back end around rolled the helicopter down the hill crushed them killed them and uh, so and weirdly it was him and I were the last two um, crew chiefs to fly for our squadron before turning it over to the next squadron Uh, so coming back it it just it was really weird Um, and. Um, so definitely that guy. Uh, it, it's just, um, it was just horror. I mean, again, expected in war, you don't expect to hear about it. Uh, yeah. peacetime time,
1: yeah.
2: You know, and, and to find out that he was killed in a helicopter accident, and yeah. you know, they they named a helicopter uh, after him, and no matter what happens, his name's always going to be on the helicopter and uh, things yeah. like that. So
0: just like lunchbox at the chow hall. Cool. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so and, he and, uh, and I mean, let's face it, that's what we do. We honor our dead. Yeah have to have Have to to, to. for sure. Yeah. So, well, rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Uh, as we say with everybody and, uh, I'll, I'll say that, uh, I'm not super excited to hear that your dedication was about a helicopter pilot because as fans of the locker room and people who listen to the locker room, know, I'm just about to start a helicopter pilot school this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know it is what it is. I, I honestly, I've retired uh, eight years ago, and I, I like you. You try your hand at something that's you know just regular, good old fashioned corporate work, like everybody. And and I've realized after I've had exactly two jobs post retirement from the police department in eight years, it's just not. I can't. It's not for me. I can't kiss ass. I can't. I, I can't stay the things that you're supposed to say it's it <laughs> was dying the wool with honesty and you know uh so i i if if those of you that want to support that if you're listening to this in spring of 2022 we've got to go fund me going to to help me pay for the helicopter pilot school because let's face it that shit is expensive and I'm a retired police officer <laughs> trying to support a disabled wife and two kids. So we would really appreciate the help. You can go to GoFundMe, go to our website, go to uh, our, our social media and find that out. I just thought it was a little, you're telling me about the guy you wanted to I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> don't tell me. I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to this show right now because <laughs> like i finally got her to agree to let me go to helicopter pilot school after two and a half years <laughs> uh, and i'm not letting her take that back before i get to go but to check, sure. how else can people support us and find us
1: first of all i want to thank chris for coming yeah, on thank you so much sure. Thank um, you, Chris. and if you want to come back on and share some Anytime. more stories time, come <laughs> on um message me um email me and be like hey i'm ready to come back on and let me know um, or I'll contact you in a couple months or something like that. Cool. But it'd be uh, if you want to come back on and you like I need to talk about this. I want to get off my chest or you know I just want to. just want Just uh, shoot me an email. Um, cool. At the same email we've been we've been talking on. um, okay. And then, uh, I'll get right back to you. And for everybody else, uh, go to our Instagram, um, and that's uh, War Stories uh, Instagram. War Stories official on Instagram, and then go to mm-hmm. our Facebook page. And if you have Facebook and you don't have Instagram or you have Instagram and you don't have Facebook, there's a link in the bio. Mm-hmm. Click that link and you can go into it. It has a lot of information, it has links to website, YouTube, um, all that good stuff, uh, their other socials, <clears throat> as well as if you're looking to come on as a background, uh, get your background done or you're looking mm-hmm. to come on to the job in law enforcement, there is now a link to Ken, who has been on the show multiple times. The
0: Background Whisperer.
1: He's a background uh, investigator by trade, and yeah. that's his business now. So you can go there. You can click on that. There's a wealth of information on there. Um, there as well should as be a link to 3rd
0: Watch Apparel, right? Watch 3? Watch 3 Apparel, yeah.
1: I don't have link the link yet, no.
0: Oh, the link is not up yet, but we are we're working on a link for Watch 3 Apparel because, you guys, we love Watch 3 Apparel. Watch 3 Apparel is great. Um, they help us by making our shirts for us, and they're great quality shirts, but also Watch 3 Apparel has their own line of merchandise that's all based on, uh, the owner of the company is involved and has had a career in law enforcement in Southern California and his, his, his great, I mean, uh, these designs are awesome. I I dig them, but they're all based on that culture of, uh, hard charging Southern California law enforcement that, that really does capture the spirit of what we do as police officers and firefighters and 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 veterans, but his his specific uh, perspective is for law enforcement. So, so support uh, Watch Three Apparel, uh, which helps support us.
1: And when you go to Watch Three Apparel, uh, enter in the code War Stories, get a Mm -hmm. discount Discount. uh, there, and it'll just be in the main coupon section on War Stories. Rudy is a great guy; he's the one of the company. Um, but uh, don't forget, we have a website as well. Go to our website. Sell some wooby hoodies up there. We have our shirts. We have patches, stickers. We have a few patches. We have a patriotic patch, and we also have um, the FAFO patch, uh, which is a forty millimeter uh, patch on it. it also and keep sending well. us those pictures. So.
0: You guys wearing the wooby hoodies? Those are dope
1: yeah so go there help support us um, by uh, going to our website and, and uh, buying some gear and and then uh, like and share stuff on the Instagram and the Facebook and uh, if you ever forget and you want to come on to the show it's booking.warstories uh, gmail.com and if you forget that click the link to the bio there's direct link right to there it's very easy um, and uh, yeah thank you thank well you all.
0: yeah and I'll say Chuck I'm glad your guts did not bubble up during the taping of this show uh, oh, yeah, we were able to get through it and Chris seriously again Chuck said it I'll say it again I really appreciate you coming on you're welcome anytime this was a good hang man like for like, sure and, and let's face it Chuck and I can tell you some some episodes are harder to get through than others most of them are pretty cool and some of them are really cool and I would I would venture to say that both of us would put this in the really cool category so you're welcome <laughs> back anytime uh, awesome. awesome until our next episode come home with your shield or armor.
2: Now he